This year is brought to you by TorahWeb.org. Thank you very much. Good morning, everyone. The Chachamim tell us in Pirkei Ovis, Loyam Ha'aretz Chassid, an Amorit cannot be a Chassid. So the Misnagdim, who make fun of the Chassidim, interpret what the Mishnah means is that one who is a Chassid does Lifnim Mishur Sadin. How do you translate Lifnim Mishur Sadin? The Chassidim do against the Din. So if he's an Amharitz, he doesn't know what the din is. So half the time he'll probably do the right thing, half the time do the wrong thing. So that's how the Misnagdim interpret Mishnah. Amharitz chosid, Amharitz can't be a chosid, because half the time he'll do correctly. You have to be a Tamachachim to know what the din is in order to do fakirts for the din. That's how the Misnagdim interpret. But what's the Pasha Pshat? What's the two Pshat in the Mishnah? Amharitz chosid. Chosid means one who goes, Lifnim Mishurus Adin, he does a Midas Chasidis, he does a Chumrah. And if a person is not so learned, it's a bit of a joke. The Gemara talks about a good-looking woman who's dressed up nicely for a wedding. And then she puts on jewelry, so that enhances her good looks. But if she's wearing pajamas, then she puts on a necklace. And she puts on uh, fancy jewelry. So it makes it look ridiculous. Pajamas with the jewelry. So if a person is, is very observant, a person is learned, and is very medactic and nitsus, and then he does a couple of chumras here and there, so that's beautiful. That's the Midas Chassid. But if a person is an Amoritz, he's not observing the mitzvahs. He's not observing all the mitzvahs properly. It's like all the chumras that he does, like having jewelry on top of pajamas. That's, uh, that's a little bit ridiculous. So that's the Poshib Shad. People talk Loshon Hara and, and they do all kinds of things that are improper. So what are they doing in Midas Chassid? It's, it's uh, quite a bit of a joke. This summer they had, unfortunately, in the newspapers about uh, a Hasidic fellow with a beard and payas who was judged, who was uh, punished by the government for doing uh, interstate uh, trafficking of a religious girl for uh, prostitutional purposes. So he asked the judge, he shouldn't judge him in the nine days. It's a season in the Jewish year so the judge said, I'm familiar with the high holidays of Rosh Hashanah he knows about that. Passover, he knows. What's in the summer? There's no holiday. There's no Jewish holiday in the summer. So this Chassidish guy explained to the judge, they had this in the newspapers, explained to the judge that the temple was destroyed and it's an unlucky time for the Jewish people, so whenever we have a hassle with the non-Jews, we shouldn't have it in nine days. He says, I'm going to punish you more. I'm a sugar they're putting him in prison for years because of intertra- interstate trafficking of a, of a religious jewelry. Religious girl he sent, I think, to Chicago or to Cleveland or something for prostitutional purposes and he doesn't want to be judged in the nine days. So the judge gave him over the head and he, and he punished him. It's scandalous. Every truth of the matter is that every chumra that someone does is always made vilidei kula. Let's say uh, some people will spend an extra $75 on an estrich to have an estrich that's very mahuda. That $75 could have been given to a poor, pace, per, a poor person. There are still poor Jews in the world, all over the world, in America and in Eretz Yisrael and in Europe, who need help. So you're doing a Midas Hasidus. Whenever you do a Midas Hasidus, it's always a kula on another, on another side. Instead of giving that $75 to charity, you're wasting your $75 to have an esrik that's more mahuda. I usually do not spend so much money on an esrik. I'd rather give the extra $75 to Aniyam, to it's Or let's say, you're a machmer, 
Shai love kashra, so the question on the food, what is kosher not? So you throw it out in the garbage. It's a question of baltashchis. You're not allowed to throw good food out into, the, into the garbage. If it's kosher, you shouldn't throw it out. There's always a trade-off. Uh, if you want to do a midas chasidus, you're always being make of in a certain sense. And you have to know whether it's worth it. Whether, whether the chumrah that you are planning to observe is worth introducing that kula into your life. The Mishnah in Pirkei Abba states, There are three things that keep the world going properly. So there is a commentary on Pirkei Abba. Um, it wasn't written by Rav Chaim Valojana, but it was, it was printed by a descendant of Rav Chaim Valojana, who had notes from Rav Chaim Valojana's rushes on Pirkei Abba. So they quote a lot from Rav Chaim Valojana there. So he, he pointed out, Rabbi Malajan pointed out, Rabbi Malajan was the foremost student of the Vilna God. And he was the one who founded the Valajan Yeshiva. That was the first uh, big Yeshiva in recent years. So in the early 1800s. So Rabbi um, Malajan pointed out that Kodemat and Torah, these three points, Alatorah, Alavoidah, Akmilus Chasadim, each one was independent of the other. Gemilus chasadim, you do a favor for someone else, and avoida means bringing carbonus. But after matan Torah, the gemilus chasadim and the avoida and the hakrabas hakarbonus have to all be with the approval of the Torah. The gemilus chasadim can't stand alone, and the avoida and the hakrabas hakarbonus can't stand alone. Before matan Torah, let's say, if I would want to borrow $100,000 from the bank, so the bank would charge me, let's say, 10% interest. So instead of borrowing from the bank and paying 10% interest, I ask a friend of mine, could you please lend me $100,000 and you'll do me, do me a favor, only charge 5% interest. So that would be a big mitzvah, if he lends me the, the $100,000 at only 5% interest. After Matan Torah, that's an Avera Ribbis. You're not allowed to. Even though you're doing him a favor, you need, and even though the other fellow is begging me, he's asking me, do me a favor, lend me this amount of money for less interest. You're not allowed to. That's an Isra Ribbis. And the same thing regarding Karbonus. Matan Torah, you can bring Karbonus, whatever is reasonable, you can bring as a Karbonus. After Matan Torah, the Karbonus have to correspond to the laws of the Torah. And just bring whatever Karbon you want to. Um, we have, we have nine children, just three of our, our three older daughters live in Eretz Yisrael. We have six daughters and three sons. So uh, whenever we go to visit Eretz Yisrael, so one of my daughters who lives in Golan always arranges for some kind of a special tour. So last year we visited the Mizbeach on Har Evo that we just read about yesterday and the Parshas HaShavua. Um, there was a secular archaeologist who had passed away already by last summer, so one of his students, also a secular Jew, uh, was giving the tour guide, and he said that this archaeologist, when he came upon this, uh, this location in Harevo, he, did, he was brought up by secular parents in Eretz, so he, did, he thought that all the stories in Tarach are fairy tales, that nothing happened. And he saw this gigantic area, couldn't figure out what it was, and then someone told him, why don't you go through a Mishnayis Midos, that speaks about the size of the Mizbeach, and what, the mizbeh, what he's supposed to do on the Mizbeach. So he learned a little bit the Mishnah. Then he realized that is the Mizbeach of Yeshua Benun. It's gigantic. Gigantic. It, 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 it's bigger than this room. I think it's three times as big as this room. 
the Mizbech that Yushua bin Nun made on Haref. And then they found some uh, pottery there that they dated based on the decomposition of the, of the uh, carbon. It goes back to, it was dated to the days of Yeshua ben Nun. And it's interesting, they were, they were explaining to us, when you find a Mizbeach in Eretz Yisrael, how do you know whether it's a Mizbeach to the God of the Jewish people or Mizbeach for Abedizor? So there's several differences. So one difference is the altars that the Nochrim would use for the purpose of Abedizor would usually be round. And if it's a Jewish Mizbeach, a Jewish Boma, then it would be rectangular shape or square shape. Another difference is that the altars that the Nochrim used by the Zara purposes would be elevated and you would climb up on a staircase. And the halacha says you're not allowed to have a staircase, you have to have a ramp. And the third difference is that uh, if it would be an Avodazara Mizbeach, they would find bones from 3,000 years ago from the Hema Tameya, from non kosher animals. But if it's a Mizbeach, Lashamayim, Mizbeach to the God of the Jewish people, they would never find any non-kosher bones from a non-kosher animal. And they would find bones from a kosher animal that's a chaya, even though the din is in the base Hamikdash, you're not allowed to be makrev a chaya, you can only be makrev kosher behemoth. But the Tosefta says that if you're makrev on a bama, outside when there was a heta bamas, this man heta bamas, you were permitted to be makrochai. So they did find bones from Chaya Tahora. They didn't find bones from the Hemel Tmeya or from Chaya Tmeya. So that's what Abchaim Valojana points out. After Matan Torah, one of the three things that, that keeps the world going is Avoida, Hakrobas HaKarbonus, Ashlosha Dvarim HaOlam Omeid. But Hakrobas HaKarbonus has to be according to the instructions of the Halacha. You have to, everything has to be Alpi Torah. The three are not independent of each other. It's not Torah separately, Avoida separately, and Gemilus Chasan. The Gemilus Chasan has to be according to the Aloche. And the Avoida, the Hakrobas HaKabonus, has to be according to the Avoida. The Chazanish passed away many years ago. After he passed away, they found a manuscript of his that was never published, <coughs> had no title, and it was missing a few chapters. So they, they had a a discussion, Chazanish never had any children, so the members of the family, the Greidemann family, uh, they had a whole discussion whether they should print this incomplete manuscript, and they decided that an, incons- an incomplete manuscript by the Chazanish is worth more than a full book written by some other scholar. So they printed it. Then after they printed it, then they found some of the missing chapters. I don't know if they found the rest of the book yet, but uh, I have the old edition when they had part of it. So part of it, they called the, those who published it, the relatives who published it, they called it Emunah Bitoch. That different, a beautiful style Hebrew. The Chazanish had his own style Hebrew. Rabbi Salvechuk also had a different style Hebrew. Rabbi Cook had a totally different style Hebrew. Each one had, had his own style. So um, after the Chazanish passed away, they published a collection of letters of the Chazanish. Even if you're not happy about what he writes, he has, he attacks a lot the Zionist movement and the secular Zionist, the anti-religious Zionist, but the style of Hebrew that he writes in, even if you don't like the content of the letter, but the style of Hebrew is beautiful. So after his brother-in-law passed away, the stipula passed away, so they also published a collection of letters. Stipula style was very, very rough and gruff, not at all like the Chazadish, nothing elegant, not, nothing fancy, very plain style. I don't know why they printed his letters, but the Chazanish's, <laughs> the Chazanish's letters, the, the Hebrew style is, uh, is unusual, unique style. 
So they printed this Sefer by the Chazanish, and part of the Sefer is he has an attack against the Musa movement. He knew Bali Musa in Europe, who was so Musadik that everything was uh, Musadik, but it was sometimes against the Halacha. So the Chazanish has a whole attack, and he gives a marshal, he quotes from the Jewish of Rabbi Yesub Shol, Natanz and the Shol from the 1850s, that uh, there was a community where there was a, a Rebbe who established a yeshiva and he taught all the children. And then he was there for many years and then the children got married and they had their children and then he was still teaching. For years he was still teaching. He was already an old man. Then a young man came, a young Tamachachim came and opened a competing yeshiva in the same city. And many of the people who had learned by the previous Malamed, the Malamed is ready an old man. So they sent their children to the new Malamed. So the, one of the Bali Musa came and he said, what a chutzpah, what a, how does he have the goal to open a, completing, a competing yeshiva? The first one was, had trained generations of, of uh, religious children because it was such a good Malamed. And, and they attacked the new Malamed. So Chazanish quotes of Yosef Shol Natanson, who was asked to decide on the case, is it permissible for the new young Rebbe to start a competing yeshiva? So he says, it says in the Gemara, Kina from Chachma, the Gemara says, you're not allowed to have ruinous competition. Every so often there's a dintura here in New Jersey about uh, someone's opening a pizza shop down the block for another pizza shop. So it's a shy love competition is okay, but if it's going to be ruinous competition, then the Gemara says you're not permitted to. But over here, the, the, usually the soccer the, the, the Torah is, it's not going to be ruinous competition. There'll be twice as many people eating twice as much uh, pizza. <laughs> if, if they're two pizza shops, it's not going to take away from the other one. They'll both be making a lot of money. That's usually the psaq. So the Gemara says the exception to the rule, but ruinous competition is permissible, isn't teaching Torah, because from we want to have the children should get the best education possible. So if the old rabbi is already 85 years old, he can't teach as well as the young rabbi who's just uh, 25 years old. So the young one has a right to, to establish his yeshiva, and there's no prohibition of hasogas So the Chazanish writes, before you get involved in the Musr, first you have to establish who has the, who has the schus and didimominus. Whoever has the schus, the one who gives him a hard time is considered like a roidif. You're taking away the schus from the person. So here, usually we say whoever came first has the schus to have the parnasa. And the new fellow is a ruminous competition, is taken away from the, from the old one. But over here, that's what the Gemara says. The new Rebbe who starts a new yeshiva has the right to. So the ones who are taking the schus away from the new Rebbe are the Reudif. That's what the Chazanish points out. He complains about the Musa movement because a lot of the Bali Musa were so into their Musa that they, they forgot about the dinim. First you have to determine what the din is. Who has the schus and dinim ominous? And then you can, you, you can think about the Musa. How are you going to see to it that the din should be followed? It's a similar problem in, our, in recent years. With the, with the new Hasidish movement by a lot of the boys in the yeshiva. Um, Hasidus was a wonderful thing for many years, and it's wonderful now also. It's good, it's good in Hashkofa and Amuna and everything, but it has to be with Torah also. If you have Hasidus without Torah, so it's empty. Hasidus has to be with Torah. I remember when I was a little boy in high school, so every winter I would get a cold and I would be out of school for a week. So I would read one of the books of Rab Zevin. Every year, I was out for one week, so I read, Rab Zevin wrote one book, Yishim Meshitos, about the different Talmud HaChachamim that he knew, even those he didn't know. 
He wrote a book, Le'or Halacha, Mo'adim Halacha, all the other sorim that he wrote. So, um, so when they reprinted, in recent years, when they reprinted the Or Halacha, they added additional essays. And one of the additional essays is, Rab Zevin was a Lebavitcher. And uh, he felt very bad why so many misnagdim are attacking the Hasidic movement that they don't have enough Torah. So he shows that the original Hasidic Rabbeim were big Tamil Chachamim. The Balatanya is quoted every page in the Mishnah Berurah from the Shulchan Aruch that he wrote. In fact, the Hasidim referred to him as the author of the Tanya and the Shulchan Aruch. He, he wrote his own Shulchan Aruch. He didn't write the famous Shulchan Aruch, was written by Rabbi Yosef Karim. But the Lubavitcher Hasidim referred to the Alter Rebbe. The first Lubavitcher Rebbe is the Bala Tanya Ma Shulchan Aruch. He wrote the Tanya and he wrote the Shulchan Aruch. And he himself said that if he goes to Elam Haboah, the Balatanya said, if he goes to Elam Haboah, it's going to be for three things. Not because he wrote the Tanya, because he wrote the Shulchan Aruch. That's why. So he was a big Tamachachim. The others also, his Mechutn was a Blei Yitzchak Bedditch, but also a big Tamachachim. If you look in the Sefer, Kedusha Slavis, on the end of the Sefer, he has Kedusha Magemara. Halacha. The last Lubavitcher Rebbe, I went, I think that maybe, in the summertime when I was in high school, I used to learn in Brooklyn in the Miri Yeshiva. And while you, they had Rabbeim who gave Shurim in the summertime. I don't know why, I never went. So uh, for, for three summers when I was in high school, the first summer after the first year of high school, I was in Rabbi Tendler's class the first year in high school. So he sent a whole group of boys to learn a Lakewood. So that was my experience uh, when I was 13 years old, I learned in Lakewood. And then the next three summers in high school, I learned the Miri Shiva book. I remember it was there some kind of a Lubavitcher holiday in the middle of the summer middle of Tammuz, I'm not, I'm not sure exactly who was released from prison at that time. I think Yud Beis Thomas, some Rebbe was released from prison. So we went to the Fabrengen. So the Rebbe would say, Divrei Torah Halacha. Divrei Torah Halacha that he heard from his father-in-law in the name of the Ragachava when they were together in Riga. Apparently Riga was a resort area, I don't know. And, uh, and then he would say Hasidus, and then he would say Halacha, then he would say Hasidus, and he blended everything in together. It wasn't two different Torahs by him. Everything was all based on Torah. And he would explain how whatever the Arizal said, and whatever uh, the Hasidish Tzadikim say, everything blend, blends in with the Nigla. And that's what it's supposed to be. Hasidus has a lot to offer, but if you're just going to have Hasidus without the learning, just like Rabbi Chaim Balozhana writes, uh, uh, they quote in his name, that, uh, that uh, after Matan Torah, the Gemilas Chasadim and the Avoida, the Hakrovas HaKabonis, has to be in accordance with the Halacha. Al Shlosh Advarim Al Torah Bal Avoida, Al Gemilas Chasadim, the Gemilas Chasadim, the Avoida has to be Al Pi the Torah. So the same thing, the Chasidus, the same as the Musa. If you just have Musa without Halacha, then the Musa is going to misguide you. It's going to lead you to the wrong direction. Everything has to be based on Torah. When we daven in the Shemona Esrei every day in the weekdays. There's one, the two brachas, one after the other. The first bracha, we ask HaKadosh Bracha to give us the strength to do tshuva. HaShideinu Avinu Sarasech V'Kaveinu Ma'akeinu L'Avedasecha V'Ruch HaTashem Harutza B'Tshuva Then the next bracha, we say, Slach Lom Avinu Chanun Hamar B'Leslech We ask HaKadosh Bracha to give us the ability to do tshuva and then, if and when we do the tshuva, we ask Him to forgive us for the sins that we did. So in the bracha, HaShideinu Avinu Sarasecha just by the way, Rab Soloveitchik pointed out that most of the English translations translate incorrectly. Harot said b'tshuvah, that HaKadosh Baruch is the one who desires that mankind should do tshuva. So he thought the word rotzeh in this context doesn't mean he wants us to do tshuva. Rotzeh means he is misratzeh. 
If we will tshuva, he will be appeased. Ritzui, like you say, al karbanas. Hurtza, lo hurtza. Or it says, v'nirtza lo lechaparola. V'nirtza lo means our Kodesh Baruch will be appeased and he will accept the carbon that we brought. So Harot said, v'tshuva, Kodesh Baruch he desires tshuva also, but that's not what the word means. The word means he can be appeased by our doing tshuva. So the Silas Hashem points out, the bracha begins, the way to begin to do tshuva is by returning to the limit hatur. Limit hatur can lead a person to do tshuva and lead a person to, to do all the mitzvahs properly. We have a Mishnah in Pirkei Ovis. It's not really in Pirkei Ovis. It's Pirkei Ovis is really five chapters. And at the end of the fifth chapter, in all the editions that we have, it's not at the end. Um, it's at the end of Mishnah Chav Dalet in the fifth chapter, but then you have Mishnah Chav and Chavav, and Perikei ends with Mishnah Chavav. So the Vilna Gaon thinks that it's a misprint, that uh, the second line, the last line in Mishnah Chav Dalet belongs at the end of Perikei. That's the conclusion of the Mishnahis of Perikei Abbas. Now we have printed Perik Vav, but it says explicitly, This is a brisa, Perik Vav is really a brisa, which was written in the style of the Mishnah. It's Beloshan Mishnah, but it's not written in the days of the Tanaim. It's, it's a brisa. It's not really part of the Ashisha Sidri Mishnah. So in the first Mishnah, in Perik Vav, in that brisa, so the Mishnah says, if a person learns Torah, he can be zeichet too. It says, "Machsharto malbashto anovavir." If a person learns Torah, he will become humble. He will become God-fearing. Machsharto liasadik chosid yosha neman liman Torah has an effect on the personality. We speak about keser Torah. The Gemara talks about the the three crowns: keser Torah, keser kuna, keser malchus. And Kesator, Allah Gabayim. The Kesator, what do you mean Kesator? Just like a king who puts on a crown, so that endows him with, uh, with royalty. So to a person who learns Torah, the Liman Torah will have an effect on him. It will accomplish that he should become humble and God-fearing and tzaddik and chos and yosha and em and all of these things. These are all the midas of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And, um, and this is what, that's why we daven in the Shema Nesah, HaShiveinu Avinu Sarasecha, the way to become a Balchuva is by learning more Torah. When I was a student in the yeshiva, so we used to learn not only in elementary school, we used to learn in high school also, Kitsu Shulchan Aruch. And after we graduated from Kitsu Shulchan Aruch, then we must start Chayyodam. Then a few years after I got married, then my wife, I think six years after we got married, on my birthday, my wife bought me a Mishnah Burra. I never had a Mishnah Bura. My father never had a Mishnah Bura. It wasn't so popular then. Now they start teaching the children in kindergarten Mishnah Bura. Mishnah Bura is very, very complicated, very detailed. Most people misunderstand what it says. If you don't know the Gemaras, you don't understand Mishnah Bura. Mishnah Bura uses technical terms. Whoever does know the Gemara with the Tesis won't understand what the Mishnah Bura is talking about. I think it's a big mistake that they, that instead of doing Mishnah Bura, they should start the way they used to, with the Kitsu Shulchanach. The Kitsu Shulchanach for many years was the best seller. I think it used to sell more copies than the Gemaras and more copies than Chumashim also, if I'm not mistaken. Kitsu Shulchanach was a very popular safe. 
And if they graduate from the kids to Shulchan Aruch, they can work on the Chayyadim. It's Gedai to, to spend uh, two minutes every day after Dominic to read a page or two in the kids of Shulchan Aruch. Limur HaToyra will have a wonderful effect on, on everyone, as the Mishnah tells us. There's a Pesach in Sefer Shmuel that reads as the ancient proverb goes that all bad things emanate from bad people. So Rashi in his commentary on Chumash quotes a medrash on the Pesach in Parshas Mishpatim. The Torah has a din of Horeg uh, Bemezid. If someone murders someone else, you have to give him the death penalty. But what if he killed someone else by accident? He was driving a car and accidentally um, he ran someone over. If it's korev la'oynes, he doesn't have to run away to the oray miklot. If it's korev, korev lepshia, then even if he runs to the oray miklot, the goel adam has a right to kill him in the oray miklot. But if it's intermediate, it's really horik b'shegeg, then the din requires us to run away to one of the six oray miklot. And when he's in the oray miklot, the goel adam has no right to, to kill him. Goel Adam, we Paskin doesn't have a mitzvah to kill him, he has a right to kill him. Goel Adam is the next in line to Yarshin from the one who was murdered, the Korv who's in line to get the Yerusha. And, uh, and the Chumash says, if he leaves the Ori Mikla, the Goel Adam has a right to kill him. When he's in the Ori Mikla, he has no right to kill him. So the Paskin says, why does he have to run away to the Ori Mikla? Because it wasn't his fault, it was Menashamayim. So Rashi quotes the question, if it's Menashamayim, so why does he... Why is he supposed to be punished that he has to run away to the Yarmiklot? If it was Menoshemaim, so why do we punish him at all? So Rashi quotes from the Medrash, Menoshemaim, if they want someone to do some dirty work, someone deserves to lose his life. So they'll pick someone, they'll suspend someone's Bechiru Chavshis, and they'll cause someone to cause him to die. Who will they, whom will I pick to do the dirty work? So they'll pick a person who's a Russia anyway. So he, he, he will go down in history as a Russia for other things that he did. This thing is not really his fault. They suspended his Everything else is fixed in the world. There's a system of Teva. So everything else is fixed except for The Ramam explains in the Moran the makes it possible to have Hashgacha Pratis. The Raman gives a marshal, let's say, um, a person works in a ship factory where they manufacture ships. So he usually does a good job. He tightens all the screws and the ship will uh, go well. So Menashamayim, if they want someone to be punished sometime in the future by drowning in a ship, so they'll suspend the Bechiru Chavshas of the worker in the ship, uh, in the ship uh, factory where they manufacture it. And he won't tighten the screws well enough. So in 50 years, this ship is going to sink. Then in 50 years, there is Sadiqim in Rishayim. So some Sadiqim signed up for a, 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 tru, a truer on this boat. So HaKadosh Baruch will suspend their Bechir HaKadosh Baruch doesn't want the Sadiqim to die. And they chose to go on a, on a cruise on this boat. So HaKadosh Baruch will suspend their Bechir HaKadosh And they'll go out in the rain without a raincoat. Or they'll go in the wintertime, they won't wear a sweater and a coat, they'll catch a cold. 
and they'll have to cancel their reservation on the boat. Then HaKadosh Baruch will suspend the Bechir Chav Rasha who deserves to die, and he, he was never interested in going on this cruise, but HaKadosh Baruch will suspend his Bechir Chav and cause him to decide to go on the cruise. So it'll turn out that 50 years earlier, when the fellow's Bechir Chav was suspended, that he didn't tighten his screws on the boat, that was in order to cause this person deserves to die, he should die in, in, when the boat will sink in 50 years from now. So that's that. The Ramam explains in Noran Vuchim, that's how it's possible to have Hashgacha Pratis, Men Hashemaim. Everything else in the world is Kavua, everything is Teva. But except for Bechir Chavshis. Bechir Chavshis is, uh, is not determined. So HaKadosh Bochon can suspend people's Bechir Chavshis. So, the, so the, we assume, the Gemara says, we assume the Gaglam, Schusai de Zaka, Bechayba de Chayev. Men Hashemaim, they'll pick a good person who is known as a Tzadik to do some work. If they want something good to come about, and they'll pick an evil person, a Russia, to do the dirty work. So the fact that they caused me to kill this person, I must have done some Aver in the past. Otherwise, why did they pick me to do the dirty work? I should be the one to cause them to die. So I do deserve a punishment. I deserve a punishment for the thing that I did in the past. That's why they picked me, to be the one to run them over and to kill them. So that's why. That's why I have to run away to the Oremiklon. So Rashi quotes this Medrash, commenting on the Pesach and Sefer Shmuel, They'll pick the Rasha that he should do the dirty perk, dirty work to cause someone to lose his life, and so on. So what is it? why is it called the Moshal Hakadmoini, the ancient proverb? Who is the Bala Mechab, who is the author of the ancient proverb? Who is that? Confucius, who is the one? So Rashi quotes in the Medrash, the ancient proverb is not a proverb. It means it's a mashal. The Kadmoni is the Rabban Shalom, the ancient one with the capital A. He was there before the whole world came into existence. He's the one who brought about the world. So the Rabban Shalom is the Kadmoni. And the mashal HaKadmoni doesn't, mean, doesn't only mean that it's a mashal authored by HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Our tradition has it. We believe that every word of the Torah was dictated to Moshe Abdeinu. Every letter. The Gemara will sometimes learn out of din why the word is spelled Mole Achaser. The word Tahor, sometimes spelled Tesei Vavre, usually spelled Tesei Vavresh, once in a while spelled Tesei Resh. So the Gemara has a difference. The Gemara says if it's spelled without a Vav, there's a reason why. Or the word Na'ara, usually is spelled in, in Chumash, Nun Ayrei, Nun Ayresh, without a He. And once in a long time, while it's spelled Nun Ayresh, hey, the Gemara Ksubis has a Drasha. Why is it spelled Mole? What are you darshaning? Because we believe that every word was dictated to Moshe Rabbeinu, word for word, letter for letter. All the letters were dictated to Moshe Rabbeinu. So that's why we learn Adinim. And the fact that you have an extra letter, or you're missing a letter, Kiddoshim, the word Kadosh, is usually spelled Kuf Dalet Vav Shin. Once in a long while, it's spelled Kuf Dalet Shin. So the Gemara has a comment, the Tanoim have a comment on that also. Hakam is spelled sometimes Choser, it's normally spelled Mole. So the Gemara has Drushes on that. So, not only, so the Chavetz Chaim writes in one of his Swarm, Shem Oilam, people are afraid to look on the Chavetz Chaim Swarm. They think everything he wrote is all about Lashon Hara. And some of our best friends talk Lashon Hara, so we don't want to read this Swarm. But he has, but he has most of what he writes about Lashon Hara is when you're to tell Lashon Hara. People a lot of times make mistakes. When they're to tell Lashon Hara, they think it's Lashon Hara. Someone's applying for a job. And he's not reliable. So if they ask, someone is asking about a Shidduch. It's a terrible Shidduch. So people ask me, I, have to, I don't think it's a good idea. 
You don't say, how can you say negative things? It's not Lashon Har. You have to save the girl from falling in. If I know the boys in the yeshiva, and this student is not good for his daughter, I have to tell him, I don't think it's a good idea. You don't have to tell him all the, all the good that he does. If it's sufficient, let's say, if he say, he doesn't wash Negel Vasa next to the bed, if that's enough to ruin the Shidduch, so you have to tell him more. If that's not enough, you've got to take... Whenever there was a, a grave in the dormitory, it always turned out that he was the, he was the one. <laughs> they may not care about that either. Okay, so you have to, if you think it's not a good idea, you have to say something that, uh, to save them. People a lot of times have the attitude, you're not allowed to tell Lashon Har because it's relevant. Okay, when it's relevant, then you have to tell Lashon Har. When it's not relevant, then it's Lashon Har. So, um, but the Chavetz Chaim has others for him also. He has a lot of for him. He just talks about Hashkafah. About the Jewish philosophy, Jewish thought. He has beautiful ideas. So he writes in one of the Svarim Shem Oilam, has nothing to do with Lashon Hara at all. So he writes commenting on this Medrash. What does it mean? The Moshal Hakadmani, he says it's a Moshal the Chumash. The Torah is a Moshal authored by HaKadosh Baruch Hu, dictated to Moshe Abbein, a word for word, letter for letter. But it's also a Moshal of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The Torah is a description of the essence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Derech Moshal. If, if the Torah would give us a description, what is Elokus, we wouldn't understand. Elokus is what, what uh, God is all about. We can't understand that. So the Torah gave us a moshal. If the Torah would give us a moshal, we wouldn't understand the moshal either. So Rabchaim Balazhana writes in his Sefer, the Chumash is a moshal of a moshal of a moshal of a moshal. To understand, to get an inkling of understanding of what Elokus is all about. And we have sometimes... Most of the mitzvahs come up in real life, tzitzis and tefillin and shabbos and kashvahs and taras and mishpachet. And once in a while the Gemara says there may be a mitzvah too that the conditions are so far-fetched it'll never come up. One Tana thinks the mitzvah of Yerun Hidachas is so far-fetched it'll never come up. Yerun Hidachas, the Gemara quotes, if the city has one mezuzah, Yerun Hidachas only applies in Eretz Yisrael. So if you have one mezuzah in the city, then you can't burn, you can't burn the mezuzah, so the whole day of Yerun Hidachas doesn't apply. So the Tanoim couldn't visualize that there could be a city in Eretzel that doesn't even have one mezuzah. Unfortunately, there are still a few cities in Eretzel that were established before 1948. They're still out of Yamazah. They still don't have mezuzahs. There are people working on that. They're getting religious people, B'nai Torah, to move into those cities. And slowly, slowly, they're not only putting up mezuzahs. They're starting Minyonim once in a while. Someone has yard site. Someone else has a uh, bar mitzvah, whatever, so they're starting to put mezuzahs in all the cities now. Or uh, one Tana says that the laws of Tzaraz Batim are so far-fetched, it never, never was and never will be. One Tana thinks that the laws of Ben Surah are so far-fetched, it's uh, not possible. The father and the mother have to have the same physical features, they have to have the same voice. Either the father has a woman's voice or the mother has a man's voice. The whole thing is so far, it's the same height and the same weight, the father and the mother. How can it be? Very far-fetched. So there are some mitzvahs that never were, never will be. So why were they written in the Chumash? What do you need them for? So the Gemara says, Drosh v'kalbashar, learn the dinim and you get reward. What do you need to learn the dinim and get reward? It takes seven and a half years for the Dafyami to finish Talmud Bavli. So how many, think, how many pages do you think there are in the Gemara? About Irani Dachas. Maximum th- three. Three pages. The end of Sanhedrin, very little, two, three pages. How many, how many did the about Saraz Batim in Mishnayis, in the Goyim? Maybe two blot, three blot in, in the pages in the Gemara. How many pages about, uh, about uh, Ben Sarah Mora? 
There's a Perik Ben Saramara, but most of it is about Yehorek Yavar. Most of it is it's padded with other dinim. There aren't so many dinim about Ben Saramara, maybe three, four pages in the Gemara. So the whole thing is ten pages in the Gemara. So the Dafyami people would finish ten pages ten days earlier. So what do you mean, Rosh Vakabashad, the Rabbanisham gave us the dinim. We should have something to keep us busy. So the Mefarshim say it doesn't mean that Rosh Vakabashad means for the complete description of Elokus, Derech Mashal, you need all of these dinim. So most of the dinim come up in real life. Shabbos and Kashrus and Taras Amishbach and Tzitzis and Tzvillin and Shoifah and Lulav and Sukkah. Everything comes up in real life. And some of the aspects of Elokus are theoretical aspects that never come up. We never do any mitzvahs, maisiyas, uh, that are involved in this. But since the Chumash is described as the Moshal HaKadma, it's a description of Elokus, that's why the Mishnah tells us that one who learns Torah is Malbashtoi Anov of Yira, he will become humble, he will become God-fearing. This is called Keser HaTorah. The, the fact that he learns Torah has an effect on his personality and he becomes a different type of a person. So this is not only what enables us to do tshuva, this is that's how the tefillah goes in the Shemana We should go back to learning Torah. This should enable us to do tshuva. This is what enables us to fulfill all of the mitzvahs. This is necessary for all the mitzvahs. All the mitzvahs. I'll just close in Parshas Kisavai. Last week said it was Parshas Kisavai, so we have the Pasuk, V'halach de Bedrochov. We should imitate the ways of God. How do you translate that posse? So the Gemara has a comment, when all the nations in the world will see that the Jewish people are wearing Tefillin Shorosh, Tefillin Shorosh is exposed, Tefillin Shayad is under your sleeve. When Tefillin Shorosh is exposed, so they can see the Tefillin. They'll be afraid to start up with us. But uh, that's not the simple translation of the posse. What's the... What's the simple translation? So the quote in the name of the Vilna Goen. Vilna Goen wrote uh, most of the things that they quote from the Vilna Goen were not written by him. The students wrote it in his name. So in the Sefer Adel Zaliyo, on Chumash, they quote from the Vilna Goen that uh, kalami How, Why is there such a mitzvah to imitate the ways of HaKadosh Baruch Sometimes you have a little child, a uh, boy will make believe that he's a doctor. So he'll, he'll start taking your blood pressure or, uh, or your heartbeat or whatever. Um, someday maybe he will become a doctor. Or you have a little girl who makes believe that she's a mommy. So she puts on a big bonnet and she wears high heels and, uh, and she gives patch to the younger children. She screams, <laughs> she screams at the younger children. She thinks that's the definition of a mommy. That they scream at the younger children. Someday she probably will be a mommy. Okay. So what do you mean? Why should we imitate... Why should we imitate the ways of God? Is he considering retiring and we're considering taking over for him? What kind of a mitzvah that? So the answer is no. God created all of us and he instructed us we should seek to it that we preserve that so what do you know what to do to preserve the Selim So the Ramam explains both in the Mishnah Torah and in the Murah Nebuchim the Tanakh tells us how God runs his world. So we have to study the Tanakh to know what are Darkei Hashem. And by going in the ways of God, we will preserve the Tzalem that we have already. Not that we should become something that we are not. 
if a person tries to become something that he isn't, he thinks that he's somebody that he isn't, he's going to have a nervous breakdown. I'm sure going to... We already have the Tzalem Alakim. We are instructed by Allah to preserve the Tzalem Alakim. So then the Apostle continues, where all the Kalami hearts, when the, all the nations of the world will see Kishem Hashem Nikra Alecha, that we have succeeded in preserving our Tzalem Alakim, the Yoru Mimekel, they will learn from us how they too can lead their lives with Yerashamayim. The Jewish people are supposed to serve as Orla Goyim. That's what the Nabi tells them. Nabi Yishai says, the Jewish people are supposed to be Orla Goyim. Orla Goyim in what area? In Shabbos and Kashris and Taras HaMashbah, that's only for the Jewish people. That's not, that wasn't given to the Yomazam. They don't have to try to observe Shabbos and Kashris and Taras HaMashbah. We're supposed to be Orla Goyim in the area of Tzel Malakim, in, in the area of honesty, uh, integrity, work ethic, these kind of things. How to dress neatly, how to have a neat country, how to have hospitals, how to have Hatzola events, how to, how, to, how to set up a country. Unfortunately, we haven't succeeded in fulfilling that mitzvah to serve as all are going. We have had uh, prime ministers who were sat in prison. We have had chief rabbis who sat in prison. We have had many members of the Knesset who were indicted. Many of them sat in prison and so on. We have not, and the streets of Yerushalayim often are very filthy. They're not so clean. We should, we're supposed to serve as all our goyim in those areas. To show the goyim how you have such a wonderful country. But, um, but learning the Torah, which describes the way the Rebbe Shalom runs his world, is the only way we can know how to preserve the Tzalem Alekim. So the, the key to beginning to do tshuva and the key to observance of all the mitzvahs is really Liman Torah. We have to have Liman Torah and that will endow us with the Keser Torah, will have an effect on our personality. And this will enable us to have to preserve the Tzel Malakim that we have within us and to observe all the mitzvahs properly. We should all be blessed with the Ksiva Vachasim for a good year.